Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode 99. I'm your host, Alec. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm super excited to have a special guest on with me today. It's Carlos. How are you doing today, Carlos? Doing very well. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on because you are a member of the Kingdoms TV group. And for one, I am a big fan of your YouTube channel and your videos. And the second thing I'm excited about is that you are organizing a huge magic event in Salt Lake City, which is exciting for me because I live in Salt Lake City and I loved the Magic Summit last year. So I before I kind of just ramble on too much, I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself a little bit. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Again, super excited to be here. I It's always fun to have the excuse to talk about yourself or things that you're into. <laughs> so, yep. um, but yeah, yeah. Kingdoms, uh, we, pro- we make uh, mainly commander uh, content uh, and uh, we had a fun doing that for the last few years. One of those pandemic babies, it feels like, of, of channels. Yeah. Um, we came in around then and, and then, um, yeah, the magic summit, uh, is almost in the, came around the same way where, you know, we, what we didn't start off wanting to make this big event, but, uh, you know, Brandon Sanderson wanted to share his cube with some of the pros out there and then got some artists involved and some other guests and, and then it, you know, bloomed into what we did last year and. This year is um, we're trying to see if we can do it again and if it can become something regular. And we got a lot of a lot of cool things to participate in with artists and vendors and um, cool limited and you know special events and all kinds of things like that. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to say my experience last year was amazing. And so yeah, to talk about that a little more, I was I got the VIP pass last year. It was there's just so much stuff to do like I couldn't I, I was there for all day every day and it just went by so fast <laughs> every day I was there last year and yeah and it was really special for me because at that point I think I was around like 70 ish episodes of this podcast mm. last year and so I had interviewed quite a lot of other creators and um, other people in the magic community about usually about their commander decks but also about some other stuff. But of course, those people are all over the world. So for the most part, I just had talked to them on here kind of like we are right now, just uh, voices over Discord. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it was really cool to actually meet a lot of those people in person. And yeah, just having that opportunity in in Salt Lake City down the street from where I live is was really cool. (laughs) So yeah, it was great to see all those people like cosplayed up and uh, and the pros and yeah, and be able to chat with those people that I had talked to through the podcast. So yeah, a really cool experience. And yeah, and I guess kind of my first bonus question for you is, uh, what kinds of things do you have going on that'll make it bigger and better than last year? Yeah, yeah, great question. So we, so last year, the big focus was maybe two part from like a spectacle sense. We gave away a black lotus um unlimited black lotus to the winner of the main event um and it was a brothers war pre-release event last year and so that was like the big limited event we had you know over a thousand people in that one event and and um uh you know we had a 
guy from Wisconsin, I think, won it. Um, and he's just, you know, a regular, regular player. And um, that was super, that was great. We had Sam Black in like the top eight and stuff. So we had, you know, some pros playing it as well. And, and so that was pretty cool. Um, and we also had Brandon Sanderson um, share his, uh, his cube, his like, his uh, um, vintage cube that has all kinds of special crazy um cards and things in it and and some of the pros and and some vips were able to to draft that with him there and so um this year he didn't necessarily want to do his cube again you know he sort of had um he shared that opportunity but um uh we have he's doing some box breaks actually for charity um which will be pretty cool he he likes opening collector booster boxes on and um if he he's like i think you know he's like i wouldn't say he's like me but maybe i'm like him where the collector booster is the only one i really like opening nowadays you know a regular booster doesn't quite do that for me anymore (laughs) yeah but uh you know but uh yeah so he's gonna open some um we have cassius marsh that's doing the same uh we have uh kyle hill coming this year he's gonna be doing um some three-headed or some uh um it's not three-headed it's uh Arch enemy. Arch enemy, excuse me. Arch nice. enemy, yeah. Arch enemy with Kyle Hill. We have, um, you know, we, we are going to do more. Uh, uh, we have drafts actually with Reed Duke and and John Finkel and and um, so we have a lot more events like that. And th- I think the big one this year is maybe there's not the big spectacle of like playing with Brandon's cube, but instead we have like almost like five to ten percent chance for any given VIP to get a free like extra event like that to be a part of it. And so like on top of everything else that you get as part of a VIP, um, you know, with all the the commander access and crater clash and, and lounge and, you know, and and all the swag and everything, there's like a higher chance of actually getting to play in a a draft with the pro and, and, you know, um, our big event this year, instead of uh, giving away a, um, uh, um, um, black lotus is we're giving away one of each of the original five moxes and so um to our limited event which is a wilds of eldraine event and um in that uh so the first the top four get to choose a uh, mox um and, and take that home with them and then the fifth mox is raffled away to one of our vips so um so that's pretty cool we we want each year to do something like you know give away a cool magic card you know that sort of um, and the first year we were, did a bunch of things with lotuses. This year we're doing a tons of things with moxes. Like we have a CDH mox diamond event. We have you know some other events where we're giving away opals and chrome moxes and things like that. So it's fun to sort of you know have a little theme like that. Even our yeah. swag and and our um, playmats have you know mox themes and, and that kind of thing. So so yeah, we uh, so we have a lot of those kind of events. We have a we have a carnival this year. We, um, you know, we really this year, I'll be honest, is we're trying to almost do base like some similar, just keep it sort of similar as what we did last year, just to make it so that like, you know, we can like make it functional. And, you know, we had some mishaps last year that we've solved for this year. Mm-hmm. And so like, if this year can go well, we're confident that we'll be able to do this year, you know, year by year after. And so um, this this year is sort of the make or break, actually, where you'd think the first year would be, but this is the year for us to really see if it's something we can do 
long term um, because we aren't supported by anything but ticket sales and some a few sponsors that you know pay um, to have like a booth and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's uh, sort of where we're at this year. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, and it it kind of sounds like it's from last year. It'll be mostly like quality of life updates, I guess, to put it in <laughs> like. Uh, yeah i've been playing Baldur's gate lately and that's what i've been thinking about so (laughs) yeah yeah like the the vip pass this year we changed it up a little bit so it's not just like an unlimited pass but we have like a a commander vip pass a competitor vip pass and then like an ultimate pass the ultimate pass is a little bit more similar to how it was last year uh, where you get access to everything but then Mm -hmm. we have some vip passes for those that like we found that there's sort of two main types of players, and one is your your commander player, and then the other is the more competitor that's there for the 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 main event or the limited or like the constructed side of things. And we wanted to be able to cater to both, and so um, that's why we have those different packages. But um, but overall, all of the special events and everything that we're doing all only go to VIPs. So um, some people care about that, others don't, but um, we've really pinned that down on like if you want to, you know, do these special things with the creators and special giveaways and um, all that, then that's what the VIP is for. And if it's not for you, then we've all la carded the rest of the um, event and you can just come and sort of participate in, you know, the pieces that are meant for you. So, um, nice. But yeah, we're hoping that that structure sort of meets everybody's needs and, and, um, and also we can. Uh, hopefully pay the bills, you know? So, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I noticed that the discord about the event is quite active and I think you kind of have like adjusted and, um, set up the VIP passes and like ticket kind of stuff based on feedback through there. So, which I love to see, I think it's important that, uh, you know, everyone who wants to come to the event has a way to do the things there that they want to do. Um, which is different for everyone. So yeah, it's really cool to see that there are yeah different options available for those kinds of things. I, I don't think we've talked about it quite enough, but I am super excited for all of the artists that are going to be there. I had a really good time last year, like at the event, I bought the Dan Frazier Signets secret layer and just like opened it and then walked over and had Dan <laughs> Frazier himself sign all of them. And I thought yeah. that was so such a cool experience. Um, that I was able to get those last year. So yeah, definitely having artists signatures and like buying their play mats and posters and things like that is one of my, one of my top highlights. So yeah. And he'll, he'll be there again and I'll, I'll show you a sneak peek here in the, for those that can't see it, but uh, um, you know, maybe they can go and find it online at some point, but uh, this is, um, I just put it in the discord, but this is the, uh, the play mat that we've created this year. Um, which looks a little busy, but for those that are listening, we've uh, asked um, our artists, we have about 20 Magic the Gathering artists, um, or exactly 20 that are coming this year, and um, we we wanted to feature them too because we'd think that they're, you know, this game wouldn't be the same without them, and it's one of the really great aspects of a convention, but we basically asked them to create a character of their own choice and we took each character, the, the a, a line, um, a black and white, you know, line um, sketch, 
and compiled them all into this one playmat. And this is our VIP playmat um, that nice. our VIPs get. And, and these are original art pieces from three-fourths of the artists that um, participated. And um, and so I think it looks pretty cool. And and it's um, one of a kind, you know, you know, like it's there's a limited amount and you can go and get them to, to you know, color it in or add something to it or um, but I think it came out really well and and um, really commemorates the, the event and, and the artists, you know, so. Yeah, this looks fantastic. I, I remember last year uh, there was a play mat that had it had like a lot of the creators and special guests and artists faces on it. Yeah, I remember yeah. a bunch of people were like running around trying to find everyone to get them to like sign their <laughs> face. Yeah. So I could definitely see this being a really cool kind of bonus activity, trying to catch up with all the artists and have them sign or, or color in or fill in like each of their characters here. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And yeah, so it's that, I mean, just this kind of thing is, you know, we're right in line with, you know, wanting to, to highlight the artists cause they, I think they can get overlooked sometimes, um, at, you know, with, with how much they add to the, to the event and to the game. So, definitely, yeah. I I think that was my my main question is just kind of what to expect this year. But is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to how the summit is going to work? And it's only in it's October twenty sixth through 29th, correct? Yeah. So it's coming up in just five or five ish. I guess maybe four weeks since the release of this episode. So yeah, it's yeah. coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, again, we really encourage people to look at the VIP pass, see if it's something that is in their budget because, um, not only are you getting a really cool swag uh, pack with, um, you know, a, a, a faction hoodie, um, with embroidered hoodie this year, um, you know, hat and a unique play mat and, pins and patches and stickers and tumbler and dice and all the things you could think of but um we uh we have a, a day that's just for vips so thursday is you get access to the entire convention hall all the special guests all the vendors all the artists and it's just those that have a vip pass that can um do that and you, you get a, a free uh battle that's a limited event you get um uh food from a food truck with the other VIPs. There's a, a movie night. So it's just a really fun um, day to be there and be a VIP and really, um, you know, feel that. And you're able to get your stuff early, you know, so you don't have to wait in big, long lines. And, and um, yeah, so we encourage people to check out any of the VIP passes, come for that Thursday day. And then the rest of the event, you have um, a really high chance of getting some special events. Um, playing in either the commander area or the competitive, you know, the main event um, and just everything else that that entails. And so, you know, we really feel like our VIP pass is more than just like, you know, some extra, you know, um, cards or whatever. It's it's um, the, the full package and full experience. So, yeah, especially if you're coming from out of town, I think it really will be worth your, your you know, get your bang for your buck, so to speak. Yeah, I think probably my favorite thing from last year was just being like spending an entire weekend with so many like-minded people that are so deeply invested in this hobby that I am also invested in. Yeah, And yeah. yeah and it sounds like a lot of these events being added this year, like the movie night, um, other things like that, just 
encourage opportunities for people to become friends, I guess. And that was just one of my favorite things from last year. There's still people who I, I met at the event who I'm friends with now, who I chat with. And, and, uh, yeah, so I think that's something that's really important that you might not necessarily get by just kind of like, you know, showing up to a game store and playing a pre-release or something like you, you can definitely meet people, but yeah, giving opportunities to do, uh, to, you know, spend a weekend, especially from with people from out of town and do cool stuff like that, I think is really cool. I, I'm super excited. I can, I'm sure <laughs> you can tell, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited for this year too. Oh yeah, I guess before we kind of wrap up the summit discussion, I, I know you've been doing at least like pretty much weekly uh, Twitch streams where people can come and ask questions about it and things yeah. like that. Is that, I just want to make sure that's, um, I think it's scheduled for Tuesday evenings still. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Most of the time, um, the, um, the next one, they're not every Tuesday, but, um, we have one scheduled on the, uh, with the EDH rec crew on the 19th. And then we have one with Bobby Christine and yourself on the 26th of September. And then, um, we have one more on the 10th of October. You can come ask, is there any questions? And and uh, we have some artists usually on there as well that um, showing some of their art and and uh, um, ans- yeah, answering questions too, so. Sweet, yeah, yeah, if you wanna come ask me some questions live on Twitch, uh, yeah, I'll be there for that one. Okay, sounds good. I think I am ready to get into the next part of this episode, which is going to be me asking you more questions, but about one of your commander decks instead of um, instead of the summit. So really quick before we get into it, I always shout out one of my patrons at the Conclave Mentor level for each episode. And so this episode is going to be dedicated to HB. Thank you for being a patron. And that leads me perfectly into my first question, which is who is your favorite commander that we're going to be talking about today and what inspired you to build this deck in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So my, I'm trying to decide on the right now, if this is my favorite commander ever, mm. and I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I was just running through all my commanders and, and, uh, you know, I'll explain why, but uh, my favorite commander or the one I've chosen at least uh, for now is uh, Brago, the King eternal. And uh, Brago is a blink commander. Um, I think he has a stigma about him of being a stacks commander um, mm-hmm. because that is a, a very fi- like a, a fine way of of um, uh, taking him because what you can do is play a bunch of stacks, usually stacks rocks primarily, um, and then you can attack with Brago and reset yours all while keeping your opponents locked up, right? So mm. you're able to break parity. But I use Brago as more of a value engine and um, with a lot of ETB, enter the battlefield effect, um, creatures primarily, but some um, artifacts and, and other permanents as well. Um, some enchantments like Oblivion Ring kind of enchantments. And so basically I'll um, the goal is to get things out that usually have a ETB effect and you know they cost you know the better the ETB effect the better the higher the cost of the spell typically right is a is a counterbalance to that but with Brago's ability being able to bound to blink all of them you get to take a part in that uh, 
um, extra value for free effectively um, turn after turn. So I love anything that gives value in Commander, whether it's drawing cards, um, free mana, free mana, um, attack spells, free turns. I just love getting, you know, that uh, the extra extra kickback, you might call it. <laughs> yeah. So Brago takes takes it all the way, and I've had all every version of Brago you can imagine. My current version is tries to be a little bit more mid power, so that I honestly so I can play it more, because yeah. not everyone likes to play against the high power and and there's even like a pseudo CDH version of this that can get can get away with being in CDH, although not at the top end. But yeah, yeah, I I was gonna say Brago is. It's kind of a unique effect. There aren't a lot of cards that can repeatedly, like turn after turn, do the whole, uh, like blink any number of target things. The one reason why that is special to me is one of my favorite decks is a Saga deck, um, currently with Tom Bombadil as the commander. And Brago is awesome in that deck because you have a bunch of Sagas out that are about to run out of lore counters and go to the graveyard. But with Brago out, you can reset those every turn um, or every couple turns whenever you want to and yeah and reset your sagas and get those all of those abilities over and over again and the value on that is truly wild so yeah i honestly have not looked at sagas for brago so i mm-hmm. maybe i'm missing out on on a couple cards that uh, might fit because because my uh, in the past another one that is nice to reset are planeswalkers Right where you can yeah. take them down and get their like really their their down tick ability that's really nice, and then hit you know the player and then reset them. And not only do you reset them, you get to use them again, right? Because you can use yeah. them once per turn. That version um, again is even more like prohibitive because a lot of times it's like a bunch of Teferis that you know you're able <laughs> to or bases, you know, or or things that or Narsets that you can. You know that, that have their own you know uh, bounce and different things but yeah i should check out some sagas uh, after this and see if there's you know there's that one bath one that i loved in limited uh what's the oh, bath I think... song i think it is yeah um, <laughs> i just i mean draw two cards and discard a card twice and then at the end shuffling number of cards from your graveyard into your library and add two blue so yeah that's yeah. probably a great fit because you can just keep drawing cards and discarding a card until you know um you don't want to anymore and then you can shuffle stuff in and get some mana so totally. yeah, I, yeah it's a you've opened up you know right at the start <laughs> here a new a new avenue that i never even thought about so yeah yeah i i've been playing a saga deck in commander since sagas were introduced in 2018 ever since then brago has just been such a a good part of that so yeah my my favorite thing to do is to just reset kiora bests the sea god every turn and just get an Mm. 8-8 kraken with hexproof Um, definitely not the strongest thing you could do with brago but i think it's i think it's pretty fun (laughs) so yeah there's definitely stuff like that i think is pretty cool but yeah i also really just like how like looking at your creatures and a lot of your permanents that have enters the battlefield effects, that's just kind of something that like every set is going to have a card or two in white and blue with a cool enters the battlefield effect that you can consider. And I I like decks like that where every set you can kind of take a look and be like, maybe there's a couple new cards I want to try out in this deck when it's 
uh, yeah, using things like that and making their ETB effects even better. Yeah, I, I eventually moved to creatures because it gives you um, more of a a way to end the game, right? Like, mm. you know, like one of the downsides about this deck is you can see the end, like, bef- like, and the whole team, the pl- the whole table can too. Even yeah. if you're not playing the the stacks version, I play a sort of stacks in the in the sense where I bounce a lot of stuff with mine, right? And not only bounce, I'll have things like skyclave apparition or mm. or like reflector mage is horrible <laughs> yeah not only does it make it so you you it's returned to your hand you can't even play it again until you know for like a couple turns right and yeah. so um so anyways and and then um there are there's a couple combos um too with like dead eye navigator and and like palancron where you can like literally bounce every permanent that so you can bounce every permanent a player has, but then can't win, you know? And so right. like that's why I've moved to more creature based stuff is like it's like, okay, you know, I bounced all your things and then in the next three or four turns I'll kill you with attack, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I have a similar issue with my saga deck where I'll take like twenty game actions on my turn and then pass the turn and really I had only like drawn a couple <laughs> cards and yeah. maybe done a couple other things but didn't really get closer to winning, <laughs> if that makes sense. So For sure. Yeah, that's definitely something just having creatures I think is something that uh that helps a lot with that. You can always just have some creatures and then try to try to get in for damage that way. So I like it. So when it comes to playing this deck, what just is it about this kind of strategy that you like? So again, like the current version is maybe a little toned down. I I do technically have like three or four counter spells, but they are like they cost mana. I think they're all like two mana counter spells, like actual counter spell, delay, mana drain. Um, you know, and you could put the free counter spells in here and it just makes it that much more powerful, but but really your goal is not like the goal from how I play the deck is less controlling like the spells that you cast that sometimes blue does and more with like, you know, I, I'll let you play your thing, but then if it's too scary, I'm going to return it to your hand and then and I'm going to do it again and again, you know, or, and then, you know, maybe I will even like remove it from the game kind of a thing. And, and so there's a lot of bounce. Um, I, my favorite card in the deck is angel of serenity because Ooh. it's like, it's everything you want. It's a, it's a gorgeous art by the way. But then yep. it's it's a five six angel that lets you bounce three things effectively. But not only does it bounce it, it returns to them, to their players. I should take a step back. There's a number of like oblivion ring type of effects, detention sphere, oh, and then yeah. like grasp of fate. Grasp of fate is amazing with people's com- commanders because I'll just choose their commander every time, and and if they if they don't put it to their command zone, then I'll just leave grass of fate out there and you never have your commander back again but if you if you don't if you don't then i'll just then you have to recast your commander and then i can blink grasp of fate and then choose your commander again you know (laughs) it's it's really horrible honestly but um angel of serenity returns the creatures to their owner's hands but it also allows you to do it to yourself too because you can have a creature that's died and then you can get it back to your hand with that angel of serenity when she leaves play oh, and so um, that's cool man i if i can land an angel of serenity and blinker with brago like i've succeeded in 
for the for that night you know like that's that's all i ever want honestly that's awesome um, so i yeah. i can tell that you are definitely a a control player you like the control kind of style well yeah i like control but not like you can never do anything like i want mm. people to like but i i want to be like involved in the conversation so to speak you know like <laughs> yeah like you know when when the, like there's politics going on i like to be a player at the table you know and um some decks you'll just like do your thing on your turn and basically you're like f6 until your next turn you know right, and yeah. um and with this deck um with a lot of the instants too like you play cloud shift you play ephemerate you play the big ones like airy interlude and ghost way and um uh and so there's all these uh like you know brago but there's backups for brago too and um this deck can be pretty hard to to pin down if someone like tries to wrath your board you can blink your whole board away and not only does it come back and not die like they all trigger again when they come back you know i have a like a favorite in-game moment that that you know that that was sort of connected to that that yeah um, let's talk about it now okay well one of the cards that's a little unique and but it has the same principle as face reward and so Mm. face reward says basically any of the permanents you've lost this turn put them back into play right if they if they're gone into your graveyard and so um someone finally was like you know got through and they wrapped the board and i think we were it was one of those games where we were playing like five six people at this big table and i was playing this deck and everyone except for one player i think it was like a one-sided wrath that it was like anything that was enchanted didn't die you know and so, like, they had their stuff. Everyone else's stuff was dead. They go to pass the turn, and I face reward and bring everything back in, hmm. bounce and waste their board. And I think it even, like, went to my turn, and I was able to, like, you know, basically untap, you know, take that player out and then take the rest out after that. And it was just such the swing and momentum that everyone was just, like, so taken back. But I <laughs> knew it was coming. And I was just like, so like trying to keep a poker face, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, you know, yeah, do your thing. Yep. Oh, I'm in such a bad spot. I'm so sad. I lost all my, <laughs> all my stuff. And then I'm just like face reward and, and it's all back. And, and, um, so yeah, the, the swings in this deck can be pretty, pretty heavy and for in different people's, you know, direction, because even I even have a couple rafts myself where, I can, you know, blink my board away for the turn, wrath, and then everything comes back. Like, mm. it's, uh, it can be pretty mean that way. So for me, everything is, like, relatively fair. Like, any individual card is, like, in and of itself not crazy. Like, you know, Solitude is a good card, but it's not. It's just swords to plowshares on a creature. But once you're able to swords every single turn, and, that you know, that then it's like, oh, that's really good. And then... Not only are you swordsing every turn, but you're also drawing two cards from Moldrifter, and you're getting something back with Sun Titan, and you're searching for an artifact with Tribute Mage, and you know then it just becomes this big huge snowball rolling down the hill, you know, that it's too hard to stop, and hmm. and the game's over. Yeah, I really like that about value decks, the ability to kind of snowball out of control, and then um, one of my favorite things in Commander is those big swings where something totally unexpected happens and suddenly the person you were scared of the whole game 
is just totally it's changes to somebody else yeah and yeah and i love effects like faith's reward it kind of gives me the vibes of like ink shield a little bit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. just cards like that where your opponents are you know getting ready to kill you and you're like oh no oh this is terrible and then you hit them with ink shield or faith's reward or something like that and it just completely flips the game around i always think it's so exciting when stuff like that happens yeah and, well like ink shield or like arachnogenesis those are even like i think better in some ways because like face reward like only works if you have a bunch of other things you know and true so, yeah I, I feel like it's that much more of a payoff too, though, because you had to like really build up to make face reward valuable, and and same with a lot of these other spells. You know, like if you're only blinking one or two things, Semester's End isn't that great. But if you're blinking four or five different creatures, it becomes it could be the end of the game right there. You know, totally. Um, the cards on their own aren't as good, but then when you add them up together and uh, and then have Brago included in, yeah. in the mix. It becomes a lot more than the sum of its parts. Right, exactly. I think we talked a lot about this, but is there anything related to like the deck's history or just kind of the goals of this deck that you want to talk about? Yeah, I think I've sort of mentioned it a little bit, but the deck started off um, sort of, it's almost come full circle. Like it started off... Uh, actually long time ago as a rasputin deck oh. the original rasputin i don't know if you've seen that one before i i have yeah that's a very funny uh like legends commander right yeah so rasputin lets you take away dream counters to get colorless mana um and so what i and it's blue white and so i had a rasputin deck 10 15 years ago and i would blink it to get mana back right so it was more of like sort of an artifacty deck where you get Rasputin out, you get all this free mana from him, blink him, and then um, you could do it again, you know, and get some more free mana. And um, when Brago came out, it just was naturally like obviously a card you put in the deck. But then eventually Brago just became the obvious like hmm. just focus on that and Rasputin was in the Brago deck, you know. And so as time went on, I added more, you know, creatures that you'd want to blink and a lot of the there's a lot of cards that are been there since the beginning that are still in there now just because they're such good choices. Um, but as time went on, it did for a second turn into like a really crazy stacks deck. Like, um, and then I really realized really quickly that I hated that version of it. Like it was, <laughs> it was like it was fine in the sense of like it was good, but I didn't like how it felt and like how other people played against it and how it felt for them. So I switched away from that and. And I've never held it against it for others for doing that version, but you know I almost hate that version because it Brago has that stigma of being a Staxi really mm. prohibitive commander because of that, and he is, but not in that sense, right? Like I want there to there's there's my version of it. You can really interact with you know the biggest weakness of the deck is just Brago himself. If you can't uh. if you connect with Brago, then like. Um, like that's the biggest weakness hands down like if you know and so that's why there's some backup for the ability for that ability but um but anyways once i found out that that was the biggest weakness then i've built around it a little bit to have you know like lightning greaves even though lightning greaves is a little bit of a non-bow because you can't blink brago it's still usually worth it because you at least get that one hit in every turn and and um it also gives them haste to you know get out and do the commander damage 
um, or the combat damage. But then, yeah, there, there's been planeswalkers in here. There's been, um, and that's actually probably, and then there's extra turn spell version. Uh, but the current version is more of a creature-based sort of control package um, that looks to, you know, control the board until I get like a, a good equilibrium and, you know, I'm far enough ahead that I can, um, you know, beat people up. Or, on unfortunately, a lot of times, half the time, people just give up. <laughs> They're like, ah, like, you're going to win in like three or four turns. Let's just call it now. And I my goal lately is just to try and win before people have that sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And just to try and like hurry and win before people hate their lives, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that Brago definitely has a stigma as a commander um, because of the stacks you situation you were talking about. It's something I'm a bit familiar with because I love building really like underpowered and silly decks, but then uh, kind of trying to pull it together with a very strong commander. Like Atraxa was my saga commander for a long time. Mm, yeah. And even though at the start of the game, like rule zero conversation, I would say this is a saga deck, but also Atraxa is the commander and just kind of on her own Atraxa can be a bit, like, yeah. a bit overpowered um, depending on what the other decks are doing. And yeah. And like, I would get targeted a lot. I'm like, just playing my silly sagas, but I have a tracks out, so I can't blame them for, um, you know, too much for that. So I could see right. people who maybe have been, uh, have been wronged, I guess. I don't know how else to say that have been, have yeah. played yeah. through the Staxi Brago decks, then playing against yours, even if it's totally different, <laughs> still kind of having that in their minds and trying yeah. to kill, trying to kill Bragos as I, soon as I they never can. hold it against people, but I do sometimes try and just let people know, like, there's like what what you see is what you get with Brago. Like I'll have mm. a couple counter spells, but otherwise everything in hand is like, you know, something to blink or it helps me blink what's in play, you know. Gotcha. So it's like there's no there's no hidden agenda with this Brago deck that like that you haven't already seen, right? Like you like oh yeah, I got rid of your creature with you know, with um uh solitude or, you know, subtlety or whatever that's all I'm going to do again, you know? And, right. and so like, whereas other decks will have combos or they're setting up for things that you can't see and, and, and you gotta, you know, sometimes be wary of. So. Yeah. But, that's a good thing to know is that for the most part, the, the strategy of this deck will kind of be out on the board. That's something that definitely kind of pulls the power back a little bit. Yeah. Other than Strionic Resonator, which still has to be oh. on board, but you can just, <laughs> Go infinite with Stranic Resonator and Brago, you know. Oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Okay, I like that. Do you have any cards you want to shout out in this deck that might just kind of fill generic roles in a deck, but are perhaps a little bit spicier for this one specifically? Yeah. the The interesting thing is, you look at the mana rocks in this deck, and all of them, uh, from my perspective, they need to be able to be blinked, right? So I don't mm -hmm. have Chrome Mox. I don't have Mox Diamond. Um, when they, like you could have those nicer ones in here, but they're actually not good to blink, right? Because every time you got to get rid of another land or another card when you blink them. So, um, but I'll have Mana Crypt in here because you can blink that one. I don't usually play like a Mana Crypt in most decks, but it 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 feels somewhat fair in here. Um, and then you know there's there's Soul Ring, there's there's Mana Vault. 
And so anyways, all the rocks are like, you want to be able to blink them, and then they come into play untapped too. So like, yeah. you know, fire diamond or, or not fire diamond, like sky diamond or marble diamond don't fit because if you blink them, they just come back tapped, you know, and sort of defeats, right. you're not gaining any mana. So, so that's one of the things that I think is a little unique about the the mana rocks in this deck compared to others. Um, there's a couple like Mystic Remora is fun to blink because Ooh. you um, never have to, you know, pay one a turn basically for forever, you know? That's um, so good. So that's pretty fun. And then, um, but yeah, there, there, there probably could be a few more things like that that have like some cumulative upkeeps or some, there are some stacks versions um, that'll play like the the fading um, artifact that taps things down and you can just keep blinking that, you know, forever. Um, I can see anyways. it in my mind, but yeah, it's, I can't remember the blank. name. Yeah. <laughs> those kind of things that are really nice to, to blink and, and, um, um, but uh, I don't, I don't play those. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, all the creatures are in here just because they're great to blink. Um, there are some combos with like Eldrazi displacer and um, uh, Dead Eye Navigator, with some yep. of the creatures that come in with untapped lands like uh, Cloud of Fairies, Peregrine Drake, Revel Arc. So you can go infinite with those and get infinite mana. Which sometimes, if you don't have any targets, I've gone, I've gotten infinite mana and then passed the turn. You know, because <laughs> you have you have nothing to use it on. But uh, uh, but a lot of times you have like you know something that will bounce everything or you know, something that draws you a card so you can, you know, play your deck kind of a thing. But, um, but yeah, I think that's, nice. that's mainly it for some secret. I'm, the deck's pretty straightforward with how I've built it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it seems like you've really honed in on the type of interaction that this deck does and just the overall power level, which is really good. I could see it, it's just such an open-ended commander. Like you can really build it to be, like you said, really, really strong edging on CEDH, but then also you can just do um, other sillier stuff. So yeah, it's cool to see that you've kind of experienced it all over the years and you've honed in on what exactly you want out of this deck. So yeah, my next two questions for you are what is the MVP of the deck? And then also what are your favorite pet cards in the deck? Um, and I have a feeling Angel of Serenity fits into <laughs> one or both of those yeah, categories. Yeah. But yeah, are there any other cards you want to shout out when it comes to those two? So MVP not including Brago, right? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Angel of Serenity is definitely like my favorite. Like, it's the biggest creature. It's the, it does the most of the, you know, I used to have um, um, the Primordial, the blue Primordial. I used to do oh. a bunch in here, um, but uh, nowadays Angel's Trinity is the big daddy in that sense. Um, yeah, I mean, man, Displacer Kitten, I think everyone knows, is amazing. I, I, it would be hard for me to choose one, but if I had to, um, I mean, Dead Eye Navigator very rarely doesn't win you the game if you can get it out and at least have like one activation, you know. Um, if it's not like giving you infinite mana, it's giving you immediate control and, and power, you know? Um, so like, I'd say Angel of Serenity, Did I Navigator? Yeah, one of those two are probably the the, the go-to. Um, 
you know them together is the ultimate combo you know oh, yeah um so yeah i don't know if i've ever lost a game where i get an angel's friend of the end a dead eye navigator out you know? <laughs> oh yeah so, it, it would be pretty difficult to uh to stop that that engine from rolling <laughs> yeah dead eye navigator is just so good too because it's so hard to kill yeah it really, right it's like it's just so hard to like no matter what you do it's gonna try and save itself and then you know then it connects to another creature and um i mean it's possible like anything you can always stop anything in magic but it's uh yeah dead eye navigator is is stupid you know yep yeah it's kind of a classic card to be feared for and for good reason (laughs) yeah i mean it's just like brago but on like instead of at combat it's you know for two mana whatever you want kind of a thing right right yeah I mean, it's only as good as the other things that you're blinking, but um, assuming you have even one, you know, two other things, like, it, it, yeah, it's it's so dumb, too, because every time a creature comes in, you can redo it to another creature, you know? And right, so it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's so good. And I, I always kind of forget about that, but the, yeah, the way it gives that blink ability to the other creature as well, so that they... Right. If for some reason something happens, but both creatures have the ability, yeah, it, it gets pretty wild. <laughs> and it just gets better every time I read it, I swear. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing that's actually interesting about this deck sometimes is I think that if I really was making it, even if I wasn't making it like high, high power and putting every best card in here, I think that there's probably a little bit too much of each thing, which is what oh. actually is how I build decks. Like when I'll build a sixty card deck, it's really rare for me not to put like four of something in a deck. Even though if you look at the pros, they're putting like ones, twos, threes of certain cards in a deck, you know, sort of yeah. based on probability. And that's how you can really tell I think a pro is they're like they're yeah, they're they want the effect, but they might only want it three cards worth or two cards worth, right? And yeah. with how I build my commander decks, if you can tell I almost have like every version of a thing that I possibly can once I have that thing, you know? So like, especially with like cloud shift, eerie interlude, um, face reward, Lazelle's acrobatics, ghost way. Like I probably only need like half of those. Um, but I just, for whatever reason, like having, you know, the, each one of them in here, you know, but if I replace those with like some free counter spells, it would make my deck that much better, you know. But um, for whatever reason, I just like ha- it's almost like it's almost like collecting in the deck versus like building it for its best version. And uh, gotcha. So, anyways, that's just something I noticed over time, and this deck definitely really shoves in my face. It's like, oh, you really like that effect, you <laughs> know? Like that's all you're doing, you know? But yeah yeah that's and that's it's kind of what we were talking about earlier where each set comes out and might have some some new thing to try out in the deck um and that that reminded me of my so i have a rakdos lord of riots deck Mm. and i built it uh probably like four or five ish years ago and at the time i was playing every single card that was like three mana or less and would repeatedly deal damage to my opponents because the the whole point of that deck is to deal lots of damage to your opponents so that you can cast Rakdos and then play giant creatures for cheap but over the years every couple sets will get like 
a little like one or two mana creature that deals damage to all of your opponents or makes them lose life or something. And there's even one in Wilds of Eldraine that has a similar effect. And it's just gotten to the point where like I don't if I put all of those in, I think it's too much. Like then you don't have enough room for other stuff. But I I never really had that choice before. So now I have to actually like think about (laughs) how I want to do that. Right. Um, anyway, that's what that thought kind of made me think of because I've been struggling with that in my Rakdos deck lately. Yeah, well, and it really rears its head when you play the cards like Shadowborn Apostle or Approach of the Dragon, where it's like, yeah, oh, like I have so little options of like what I can play. Like I got to be really specific about, you know, like what cards I have in here, and and um, just looking at my deck list, I'm just like, you know, maybe. Maybe I need to do a little upgrade and take out a few of a certain effect and, you know, put some other, a few things in, you know, but. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's just so hard to know exactly how many to do that for because it's commander. It's very high variance. Um, 100 cards is a lot to manage. Yeah, you kind of just have to play games and get a feel for it, which um, which isn't the worst because I like playing games. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think this is going to be my last question for you since we've uh, gone through most of the other stuff I wanted to talk about and that is for anyone out there who's interested in this deck and kind of maybe wants to build um, a similar version to it or maybe even just uh, taking Brago and doing something else with it um, what kind of advice would you give to those people? Yeah I think it's a great question. I Being one of the decks that I've really taken with me through the years and and not just had, you know, there's some decks that you can maybe build once and they just sort of sit there, don't change much. But this one has really changed and, you know, you know, changed with the, the season, so to speak, of, of Commander. Um, I'd say this is how you should do any deck, but especially with Brago, is have like a, a specific theme in mind in the sense of like not so much power level, but like how you want the experience to be for yourself and for those that you're playing, right? And so for me, I, I was okay with like, not ruining the experience, but ruining the experience mm-hmm. a little bit for everybody and being like, I'm gonna blink that thing. I'm gonna, like, I wanted to give people a chance to play their thing. And if you could just win before I can interact with you, then good, you're great. But if not, I'm gonna slow you down and I'm gonna get value slowly by slowly to, so I can eventually beat you and like that's my goal that's like the game plan right and so some people not like like that feeling but that's okay that's like how this deck is supposed to win and like how I built it right um, but if um, so basically I just say choose sort of like what you're looking for with Brago and then you know do your best to to create that outcome uh, because as you said earlier there's a ton of different ways to do it and you know, you can have a pretty crappy Brago deck, actually, um, <laughs> but I still think it would be fun if, you know, you just choose, like, a lot of really big stuff and, and you know, a lot of just sagas and, and you know, d- different artifacts. Like, you could do all kinds of versions of, of this that doesn't have to play, like, the best creature to bounce in the colors, you know. And so there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of options and... Um, yeah, just decide you know ahead of time what you're looking for, and then you can build towards that um, a lot easier. Totally. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and especially even just in 
the interaction, which is kind of an, uh, an important part of something to think about when building a control kind of value deck like this is there are just so many types of interaction. Like we've talked about a few like stacks to keep people from playing anything at all. And then you have kind of like blink as your interaction, like bouncing things to hand. But then you could also focus on things like Glenelendra Arc Mage, where you're countering everything mm-hmm. and then their stuff goes to the graveyard. So yeah, the, even in just the interaction category, there are lots of different ways to take a deck like this. So yeah. Yeah, you can go the combo route a lot more heavily where you're not even interacting with your opponents. You're just looking to like draw cards and get spells back until you get your combo and then win that way. Like um, you can do, you like there's a lot of counterspell permanents and and creatures um, that you can use, um, you know, to blink to counter spells and and there's yeah there's a ton of options that you could take. Yeah, it's really cool and it's also just it's really cool to hear your viewpoint on this and all the changes this deck has gone through since you've been playing it for so long. I think it's yeah it's really special to kind of get someone's insight who has played a deck for such a long time i might need to get rasputin back in here after (laughs) thinking thinking about him for so long so yeah yeah i almost built a deck uh around the new the new version of rasputin in when they did those like legends updates in the new domin newish dominaria set Uh Um, yeah that was one of my favorite ones i just loved the the kind of vibes of that of that card so yeah anyway i would i would love to see that Okay, so yeah, I think as we kind of wrap things up, I'll pass it over to you, Carlos. Do you want to talk about uh, where people can find you and kind of find more information on the summits? And yeah, what what can they look for? Yeah, um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I don't know if I did that on anything else today, (laughs) but uh, yeah, happy to be here again. It was a pleasure. And we can be found Kingdoms, uh, Kingdoms TV across all the socials except Twitter is kingdoms underscore TV. Um, and then uh, the main one that you're going to find that matters with kingdoms is just uh, youtube.com slash kingdoms TV. That's where we put out all our content. Uh, each uh, each week we put out a new gameplay video and uh, I'd love for you to follow us there and enjoy that content. And then uh, the Magic Summit is uh, uh, mtgsummit.com. It's where you can buy your tickets. It's where you can find out about all the events and which uh, um, special guests and, and artists are coming. And um, you can also follow us on the socials, The Magic Summit on Twitter or MTG Summit across the rest of the socials. Uh, we got a lot of giveaways and different things going on right now. So, um, and then you can check out our Discord too, um, where we can answer questions and and uh, help there. But, uh, but yeah, again, super pumped to have you at the summit uh you know and to uh share my deck with you and uh maybe i'll bring it and we can uh, get a game in you know oh so, yes yeah. yeah i would love <laughs> to play against this deck i think that would be really fun cool. yeah yeah and uh, yeah i wanted to say i'm i'm honored to be chosen as a special guest for this year's summit event i had such a good time last year and i know it's gonna be equally if not an even better time this year and I know it'll go by too fast once again, but I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, this has been great. And if you want an easy way to find all those links, I'll have them down in the episode description. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be just in the episode description there as well. Yeah, before we wrap things up, I always shout out all my patrons at the All That Glitters level. So thank you very much, Jeff, for being a patron. 
I really appreciate it. And yeah, everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully um, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple more days and you can check in at the Kingdoms TV Twitch stream and say hi to me. And um, yeah, and then just a few weeks after that, if you are planning on attending the MTG Summit, you should come find me there as well. And we can play some Commander. Besides all that, I hope you have a good rest of your day and catch you all next time. Thank you.